everyone. This is Cooling the Podcast. I'm your host, Davina, And today I am joined by two very honorable guests. My first guest is Dr. Hal Swindle, who is a California native who earned his PhD in comparative literature at the University of California at Riverside in 1994. Since then, he has taught English writing and many other courses at universities in China, Korea, and Taiwan, as well as UM. He conducts English academic writing workshops for UM graduate students and is also a freelance translator and editor. My next guest is Choi Ling Feng from China, who is currently a PhD student in the Faculty of Education at University of Malaya. Her previous research interest is shadow education, and now she is learning on the servant leadership in education. She got her master's degree at the University of Rochester, USA, and she obtained her bachelor's degree in China, majored in Spanish and English, and went to Spain in her junior year as an exchange student. She also works for the UM UNESCO Club under the Outreach and Education Bureau with Professor Hal. Um, so please welcome Professor Hal and Shui Ling. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi, Davina. Hi. Good morning. And nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I want to first start off with um, asking, how is everyone doing amidst the COVID pandemic? Is everyone feeling okay, feeling good? Well, the MCO has eased somewhat, at least for vaccinated people, and I'm doubly dosed with AstraZeneca, courtesy of UM, so I can get out and about a bit more than I used to. I like the botanic gardens and uh, the center of KL, a good haunt of mine. Uh, I'm feeling, I'm breathing a little easier now, but this new Omicron variant has everyone worried. Uh, I'm hoping the worst of COVID is over, at least for us here in Malaysia, but no one knows what uh, evolution holds in store. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Professor. Uh, Shoyling, how how about you? Are you feeling okay? Um, actually, I'm some uh, from my personal um from my personal feeling, like staying at home with my parents, it's a pro. But actually, I really want to go to Malaysia and to meet my um classmates, to meet my professor, to talk about my research topic and my research studies. So it's kind of hard for me to do such researches uh, in during the pandemic. Thank you. Yeah, I can understand. And knowing that hopefully things get better, and despite the new variant that we uh, just figured out about, I hope that, you know, measures will be taken to sort of help all of us <laughs> get to school and do all the things that we love to do uh, as well. Um, so jumping into UM UNESCO Club, um, can uh, can you tell us a wee bit about UM UNESCO's club? Because this is the quite honestly one of the first few times I've ever heard of it. <laughs> well, I'll let uh, Shuiling speak first since she's head of outreach and education, and I'm just her assistant, and I'm relatively new to the job, so she can speak first. No, uh, okay, but actually, okay, but actually, Professor Howe is uh, our core member. He helps us a lot. 
and we feel really safe and um we feel really like um, uh we can we, we can rely on him a lot so he really helps us a lot and for umuc actually it is short for um unesco club and uh, as it takes the name of unesco so uh actually we are related to, uh there's something related to unesco actually um from my uh point of view they have some kind of uh, activities or relationships with the UNESCO before, but I, th I think maybe uh, after the pandemic, um, there's something going wrong with the administration. So it is kind of hard for us to connect with each other to hold the activity as before. So um, actually, now we're more like a student club, but we're trying to get it back. We're trying to keep connecting with the UNESCO. And uh, as a student club, we actually uh, still follow the UNESCO rule. We consider a lot about our community, about our university. So uh, based on that thinking and that thoughts, we actually did a lot of activities uh, under the UNESCO club. That's true. I concur with uh, Shueling. I'm flattered about what she said to me. Thank you, Shueling. But it's true that UM UNESCO club has had rather a hard time staging events under the MCO because uh, physical events are uh, forbidden, at least over 20 people. And now you need to be vaccinated to go in anywhere. Um, however, uh, last August, I did conduct uh, an English academic writing workshop for UMUC as part of my role in the Outreach and Education, Bureau of Outreach and Education, or ONDE as it's called for short. And I did that. Also, uh, UMUC is tentatively planning a cultural event for next month, if it's possible to have a physical event. And I have invited uh, Alliance Francaise, KL, which is the French government's uh, language and culture teaching uh, arm. It has a, there's an Alliance Francaise or an AF in every uh, uh, world capital and in the provincial capitals. And so uh, AFKL is going to send representatives to our event if it happens. Uh, I am also uh, a U.S. Embassy KL uh, citizen liaison volunteer or CLB. As such, I invited uh, the U.S. Embassy and KL to send representatives to this UMUC event, but they declined because they're busy with other stuff. However, there's always a next time. So uh, it's possible that the uh, uh, U.S. consulate and KL will send representatives to a UMUC event uh, next year, uh, because uh, the consulate is in charge of American visas, including American student visas, and so they can recruit uh, UM students who want to do further study in America at such an event. So there's hope for next month and the coming year uh, if the COVID situation uh, doesn't get out of hand with the new Omicron uh, variant. We're we're continuing to. Uh, to be optimistic and to move ahead 
Um, do you see like some of the past events have kind of shaped your understanding of the Malaysian education system? Because I feel like uh, uh, I I don't know coming from a, like I was born and bred in Malaysia, so a lot of these things are quite familiar to me, like the the sort of diversity that we see in the education system. I sort of want to get your insights on whether or not we've seen um, that sort of diversity coming forefront in a lot of these events, especially with uh, UM UNESCO. So uh, anyone, just feel free to jump in. <laughs> um, actually, when talking about the diversity, uh. We have held a forum about the refugees, that the difficulties that refugees are facing during the MCO. Uh, actually, I haven't, um, I haven't thought about refugees problems before because I had little um, experiences with refugees. But in that forum, it was the, the very first time I understand the um, education for refugees in Malaysia, which is really considerable for the refugees, for people from other countries with difficulties. And I really appreciate that. And actually, uh, from that forum, I learned that a lot of refugees during MCO, actually, uh, they're kind of losing, losing their um, capability or losing their right to go to school because the school choose take online courses for students, but the refugees, they, they kind of have a hard time on um, paying the internet fee because their refugee children's parents, they cannot work as well. So they cannot get, a, get paid and they cannot pay the internet fee. And also um, like te technical devices for them is also expensive. So without the technology devices and internet, they're kind of losing the right to go to school. And it is interesting for me to know there's a lot of schools in Malaysia, they open for refugees and they consider about the refugees, they want to provide uh, help to refugees. And actually after that forum, there are, um, there's some information about the donation. They want, uh, they want to get some donation from others by our forum to help those refugees who can get the online courses. And I think which is pretty um, pretty new to me, but it's really meaningful as well. Thank you. Another thing I'm working on, Davina, is uh, encouraging uh, an Afghan refugee I know in KL who knows a recent Afghan refugee to appear online to uh, speak to the club and its guests about the uh, current situation in Afghanistan. However, they both worry about uh, retaliation against their relatives back in Afghanistan. And so they're hesitating on it. Uh, we have assured them anonymity if they wish to speak to us, but uh, we're not pressuring them about it because they have enough on their hands, uh, even without their worries. But that's something that I'm uh, trying to arrange if uh, these Afghan refugees agree to speak to us. Another iron in the fire I have. <laughs> Among the very many. Um, I think it's interesting how uh, both of you have sort of spoken about refugees and, and sort of even UNESCO creating space 
for a lot of different things because when you talk about education it isn't just uh, syllabus and it isn't just lesson plans it's more than that it's it's people's lives that we're dealing with especially you know and it's also uh, accessibility as well like you we spoke a wee bit about uh, the internet access and how a lot of these people don't have such access and COVID-19 has sort of exacerbated that inability to gain that access um, so um it's an interesting time that we live in, but I'm so happy that this club uh, exists because it sort of unites a lot of different areas of humanity into one sort of uh, consolidated um, avenue. And that's uh, with the uh, Outreach and Education Bureau. So that's, that's fantastic on your end. Um, in light of COVID-19, um, I want to sort of dive into um the various possibilities of the UNESCO club branching out after covid-19 so i guess um what sort of and what sort of um, methods do you think the club and various other clubs can uh, can take when it comes to adapting to the COVID situation. I know we have lots of online clubs, but it's so difficult to, when we talk about migrants, to sort of get that interaction that we can get face to face. And that's so vital in like physical settings. How do we establish that all of these groups don't go, uh, don't, don't continue to be left alone? And how do we sort of establish that community that is so apparent in the UNESCO club in a post-COVID world? Well, uh, as, as I said, we're coping with the current situation as best we can. We have plans for uh, continuing to do things if the MCO uh, eases off, uh, but there's the uncertainty about this new Omicron uh, variant. Uh, we intend to stay in business. We, in we intend to keep doing things, uh, even if they're only virtual. Um, we're uh, keeping the spirit alive. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, we had an online meeting with uh, our founder, uh, Dr. Azizan, and that went very well. We all got to know each other. Uh, Dr. Azizan was interested in seeing the new people who had joined her club. She joined, uh, she, she founded UMUC, I think, in 2008, and it's an old club, relatively. Um, so we are dealing with each other. We are communicating with each other. We have a WhatsApp. We have several WhatsApp groups where we communicate with each other, and we do, in fact, uh, we do, in fact, plan and execute events. So we're doing doing as best we can uh, uh, despite the MCO restrictions. We only hope that they uh, that they ease off in the coming year. I sort of, because UM UNESCO, UM UNESCO Club is so um, diverse in its outreach, I was wondering how that sort of has influenced your own personal research and your own like understanding of the education system. So if anyone would like to jump on that. Well, having been both a teacher and a student online, I have much to say about online education. Everything is a two-edged sword. Um, it, you know, everything cuts both ways. There's advantages and disadvantages to every uh, medium. Uh, certainly, it's convenient to have online meetings because you don't have to leave your home. 
and you can get people in different uh, uh, countries, continents together on one screen. And that's very convenient, but there are problems with things like time zone. Um, it's night for some people, day for others. And there are practical problems with not being physically present in the same classroom. It's not just better psychologically to be with other people, although there's well-documented mental health problems from lack of contact with other people in person. Um, there are problems with uh, doing pair work, uh, group work. Of course, you can have breakout rooms. Those aren't quite the same as students sitting elbow to elbow, being elbow buddies, as the saying goes, and talking to each other face to face. They can write things down for each other, hand papers to each other. It's another issue um, in a physical classroom. A teacher can hand out uh, pieces of paper with uh, activities they've typed on them, and the students can do them. Uh, that's much more practical. Uh, uh, people need to see each other in person. So there are definite uh, setbacks, drawbacks to online education, despite its geographic uh, convenience. And there are, of course, the personal factors. As a teacher, uh, I find it a little discouraging to just look at uh, thumbnails on my screen. I can see maybe six thumbnails and there's 30 students in the class, and I can't see all of them. And many students uh, turn off their cameras to save bandwidth. So I just see uh, a blue circle with a red B in it. And that's all I see of that student and the student's number. I don't see a face in front of me, either uh, on a screen or in person. So, uh, I, for one, am certainly hoping that uh, after the mid-semester break, uh, UM resumes in-person classes. Um, I like uh, my, my walk to campus and uh, seeing people, et cetera. So I like going to the library and exploring the stacks, et cetera. So that's what I would have to say about it. Thank you so much, Professor. Uh, Shailene, do you want to add? Um, yes, for me, the UFUC experience actually inspired me on my new topic because I have, I kind of had a hard time, a hard time during the summer vacation because a change of professor, my previous, my pre previous supervisor just resigned her job and I had to find a new professor, find a new supervisor and I, Kind of, actually, I had to change my research scope as well because of some policy change in China. I used to, as I said, I used to study on shadow education, but uh, I want to re I want to call the attention of regulation on the shadow education market in China. But there's already a regulation about it, <laughs> so I have changed my topic, and it was kind of a hard time hard time but UMUC job actually brings me a lot of um, inspiration about what should we do just like uh, I, I said before I want to learn something about the servant leadership as Greenleaf said 
uh, we need to see what people do when they not get paid. We don't get any paid, but we contribute a lot for people for the whole community. And actually, it also give me uh, it also brings me some uh, inspiration on have the guts talking to others, talking to the authorities in schools, like uh, just as Prof how sad we actually needed to go back to school after the midterm break, but there's something uh, personal related to my personal situation. I cannot go there. I cannot go back to Kuala Lumpur uh, after the midterm. I might go there in next March. So I I um, organized a petition about um, about allowing allowing some Chinese students facing the face problem and go back to school later. And that's, I, uh, I got the inspire from the UM UNESCO club experiences. And for the servant leadership, I, I think I always uh, consider, consider about my uh, members, about their needs, about what they can do for us. So this is really interesting when I think about I'm serving for others instead of I'm organizing others or I'm um, I'm appointing others some some uh, like jobs or assignments. Um, actually, feel, got the feeling of serving is really uh, got brings me a sense of fulfillment. Right. Thank you so much. Uh... I hope that you are able to uh, come to Malaysia uh, by your targeted time, which is next year, March. And hopefully uh, all things go smoothly and, and you know, you uh, there's an ease in your coming here. Because I can understand, and Professor Hell, I think, uh, shares the same sentiment of having physical classes that are so interactive and vital to our dynamic in the whole uh, classroom setting. Like it's important to have the, those kinds of interactions and uh, coming from a, like from the perspective of a student. And I, I think uh, Professor Hal shares, and also you, uh, Shui Ling, I think you, we all share a similar sentiment of not having that, that ability to just be able to communicate. Sometimes it's quite, um, you know, the few seconds that we spend muting and unmuting our mics can be saved. <laughs> when we just are all there physically present and we're able to just say what we want to each other uh, at that very second. So um, hopefully things get better for us uh, soon. Um, before we end, because uh, it's a, yeah, we've, we've come to the end of the, the episode, but before we end, I sort of want to give uh, everyone an opportunity to say uh, whatever they want. So, if there are any tips that you'd like to share or any last uh, final words, parting words, um, the floor is yours. So um, maybe we can start with our professor. Well, I encourage everyone to go on unesco.um.edu.my and consider joining our club. We want to swell our ranks and uh, we're very accommodating. It's easy to fill out our application, although it might take a while to process. In my case, um, we do have our own uh, uh, journal and newsletter uh, through uh, the uh, through the Center for Civilizational Dialogue at UM, of which we're uh, a part. So everyone can look into that, all your listeners. And 
We're very eager for any suggestions about activities we can do because Shuling and I are in outreach and education and we're interested in staging events online or in person uh, around uh, KL especially, but around uh, Malaysia, Southeast Asia, anywhere. And so anyone who wants, for instance, my English academic writing workshop or other activities or wants to know more about AFKL or the U.S. Embassy in KL can certainly uh, contact uh, UMUC. Yeah, uh, yes, and I just want to uh, add that we also have social media accounts. Uh, it's named UM, uh, it's named UM slash UNESCO. We have Instagram uh, posts and Facebook posts. Uh, actually, every bureau will post monthly about our uh, what's going on or about our thou- uh, our thoughts uh, toward like education support or technology. So you, if you are interested in our club, you can you're most welcome to follow our social media account and to see what is going on. And that's for me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so just to make things a little bit more easier, we'll leave links in the description box below so that people can, um, if they want to contact you, and I'm sure people want to contact you, Professor and Trailing, uh, they can easily do so with the links in the description box below. So we'll leave a bunch of links <laughs> down in the box so everybody can find everyone. Um so um, thank you so much, uh, Professor and Shogun, for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, I know your schedules are busy, so I really appreciate even the 20, 30 minutes that we spend with each other. Um, so to all our listeners, thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe for more content like this. I'm your host, Davina, and you're listening to Schooling the Podcast. Take care. Bye.